Lower, lower, lower. Okay. You're a reboot. Nostalgia cast. You're unoriginal. From real to real. Your plot, it is a retread. All you know how to do is steal. Nostalgia cast. I wouldn't watch you if you got the entire cast to return, and the director, and the soundtrack was done by Seal. Oh, by Seal. Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. How's everybody doing? Great, how are you? Good. Fantastic. Anytime you sing, I'm just, I just get happier. I am your host... Who says, God bless us everyone during his Christmas Eve toast, Andrew Price. The ghost of Christmas past, Tyler Palo. The ghost of Christmas present, Kelby Joseph. The ghost of Christmas future, Louis Elvius. And Dad Beats, a.k.a. Daddy Kringle, a.k.a. Kirk Minshaw. Dad Beats! I ain't afraid of no ghosts. No, I mean, <laughs> neither was Scrooge. He, no. He got, he got woken up in the middle of the night by a fucking ghost. And he was just like, this is fine. Yeah, he's like, I guess he's this like, is my life can now. Can we speed this along? <laughs> you know what actually, I, you know would happen if I, if I woke up in the middle of the night and a fucking ghost of my boss was standing over me? <laughs> He'd be like, Chris? Yeah, first of all, yeah. Chris, you, you died? You died. <laughs> and second of all, <laughs> ah! 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 Oh, God! Running out of the house, it wouldn't. Christmas, I would never learn a lesson. I think that'd be kind of cool. I'd be in a fucking insane asylum. Everybody's all talk about Ghostbusters until they show up, and everybody, nobody wants to bust any ghosts. I'll yeah. bust it. Bust them, don't make yeah, me. Yeah, Kirk. <laughs> all right. Me. I'll bust a ghost. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the you know it's it's almost the holiday season is upon us. Yay! Uh, I think I think we may. I'm not. I I should have decided on this beforehand, but I forgot to. But I think we may skip a week. So we're gonna we're gonna go on a week hiatus. We we won't have an an episode next week unless we do. In which case, surprise, motherfuckers! Mm. <laughs> Recognize. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Home Alone Two. This one's all references, guys. <laughs> we're just gonna sit here and do references. Uh, the one I like the most. Lost so for all intents and purposes, this is our holiday episode. Even though literally nothing about this has anything to do with any holiday. Uh, before before we get into the stories, I wanted to talk about something. Uh, this is uh, once again not strictly nostalgic, but I feel like we we talk about things like this a lot, and I also think it's important to talk talk about, and uh, it's kind of nostalgic related. So uh, there was news recently that the animation studio, uh, moving picture company, that basically so they did all of the CGI in Detective Pikachu, and they fixed Sonic. The trailer for Sonic came out, yeah. and it was pure Trash. nightmare fuel. And then it went away, and it came back, and it was like, oh, shit, the movie's still going to suck, <laughs> but Sonic looks dope. Still not going to see it, but hey. Sick. Uh, they were responsible for that. They fixed Sonic. It was recently announced that they're, they're shutting down. This is the same company that did Lion King, too, right? Uh, I don't know. I just saw that they... I, I did saw, see that they did Detective Pikachu, which was a very financially successful movie and they did they fixed sonic and maybe they did that i don't know i didn't i didn't dig that deep i'm gonna look into it because if it is i have something to say about it they're closing their vancouver studio right before christmas affecting about 80 employees the vancouver studio which is the one that did those two projects and maybe lion king i don't know they're shutting down the company is keeping other studios around the world open 
Uh, the reason they're closing the Vancouver studio is strictly about money and specifically about tax incentives. There are so many studios uh, in Vancouver now that the com competition for government subsidies is being pro be becoming problematic. So Technicolor thinks they can get better margins in other company countries, and Vancouver is now too risky to keep open. I think this is a really important thing. I think that a lot of people don't realize this. The way that uh, movie studios treat visual effects studios is fucked up. Terrible. And I'll give an example of this. But the way that it works is they project a budget and they say this is how much it's going to cost. And sometimes it goes under, sometimes it goes out over. And that probably happens more often than not. Mm -hmm. the, the movie goes over budget. Yeah. Uh, but when the movie goes over budget, you know, they, they find that budget. They say, okay, well, you know, this is taking four more weeks than we thought it was going to. Or we need to do some pickups or whatever. So we need four million more dollars. Or we need to do massive reshoots. We need 20 million more dollars. And they find that budget. But for visual effects, the way it works is I think they basically they technically sort of hire them on contract and they say there's a bid. Yeah, there's a bid. Mm -hmm. and it's, they like, hire, it's like construction. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like construction. Wow. So they hire them on contract mm -hmm. and they say basically like there is 30 million dollars in the budget for visual effects. Every dollar that you go over that you pay out of pocket. So if, if Visual Effects Studio wins that bid, and the competition is high for this, so everybody wants mm -hmm. that bid. They, yeah, yeah. they want to win. If you spend $31 million, you're paying a million dollars out of your own pocket, out of the mm -hmm. studio's pocket. And, and this is oftentimes crippling for these small visual effects studios. And an example of this is back in 2013, there was this visual effects studio called Rhythm and Hues. And they did oh, yeah, the visual that. effects for Life of Pi. Rhythm and Hughes won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects. They won a fucking Oscar. Like, literally a week later, they shut down. Yep. And the reason why is because Life of Pi went $4 million over their visual effects budget. Mm -hmm. and Rhythm and Hughes had to pay that out of pocket. And the, the production company, they worked out a deal with Rhythm and Hughes, and they said, uh, you need to front this $4 million, but we are going to give you, we're going to pay it back to you out of the net revenues of the movie. Technically, most accounting, movies yeah. don't make money yeah. because they they finagle things around. They and charge they, themselves for yeah. advertisement. And they say, oh, the movie turned no profit. And it's like, it's a way of doing paperwork where they can get themselves out of situations or look good for tax reasons and all these different reasons. Yeah. So the movie made no, made no money. So Rhythm and Hughes made no money. So it yeah. bankrupted them. They didn't know that? that like, that's how it works? Because I heard you say it multiple times and it seems like... The people thing know is... It seems like common knowledge. Of, I, I, the way the, you guys the are thing is, like, when you're, when you're a small company, you're often advised not to work with these larger companies. Because of reasons like this. Small companies, working with other small companies or medium-sized companies, they'll pay. They know the plight of being a small company. However, when you're a small company, just like this one that you're talking about, um, they want to get this mega contract from Disney. They want to get a mega contract from a production like Life of Pi or something like that because they believe that it's going to transform their, their company. So actually, they underbid. To try and get the contact, uh, to try and get the contract, and then uh, they'll they'll put themselves out there and say, "Yo, we'll do all this work," pretty much assuming that like hopefully this is okay. It's like, a big dice roll. Yeah, it's like, like it's okay. like we're taking a very high risk in order for this to pay off for yeah. us. And and we need to now get eight more mega contracts uh, within a very short period of time in order for this to work. 
Uh, and that's why that's why I asked if it's this was the Lion King one because the whole their whole issue started with Lion King. You know, uh, there was people who were saying like, "Oh, it's Disney's fault," but it's kind of not really. It, it, it sort of is, but it you know it's kind of like a percentage thing because they underbid and they knew the what was going to happen. But their idea was, "We're going to do such a great job. The movie's going to make such so much money." And the whole point of Lion King was the visual aspect of it. So they, that's why they got uh, Lion King, they got Sonic, and they got another huge movie after that. And it's still just the amount of money that they lost from Lion King just was too was monumental. It was just too much. Okay, you said that they're closing down the Vancouver one, but they have places all over the world. That company There's or a larger what? company that owns all these studios, right. but for all intents and purposes, each studio is its own thing. Got you. It's okay. just owned by a larger company. Okay, but also it's like I used to, I used to work for a company called Super Deluxe and it was owned by Turner Broadcasting Corporation. Gotcha. But and Turner didn't really give a Super fuck. Deluxe wasn't making any money and they got shut down. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if Turner saw Super Deluxus as something that would eventually become something worthwhile, worth like keeping, they would leader? have put they would have put money into it. At it a was loss a lost leader now. for a long time, and then eventually it was like, yeah, it was, it's just yeah, it's yeah. Okay, but it looks like they saved the entire movie's VFX. Like it looks a lot better than the original one did, and that's on the eighty people that did that job. And if it does well, they're gonna have that on their resume either way, right? They're gonna find other jobs I mean, because they're the backbone of that of that specific company, and and people are gonna know that, and and it's been so publicized that those eighty people get to say we saved that movie. I know that the company went bankrupt, but those eighty people have it on their resume, no? Maybe, it, maybe they can find jobs, but the issue with that is um, location too plays a part. Well, location, but also saturation in the job market. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of visual yeah. effects. There's people. only so many jobs to go yeah, around. Yeah, visual yeah. effects people are kind of a dime a dozen. It's like a couple years ago, there was a huge boom. There was a, well, not a huge boom, but there was a well, there was a huge boom in tech, mm-hmm. and everybody wanted engineers. Mm-hmm. So if you were a coder, if you're an engineer, you could get a really high paying job, mm-hmm. and it would be fairly easy if yeah. you were good. Because everybody needed them, there was a high demand, and there wasn't enough people. Mm-hmm. Now, in that five years since then, all these things have sprung up. Coding boot camps and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's learning to code. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so yeah. now, there's all these coders. And so it's yeah. like, it's a, it's a more competitive job market. So you can't, it's harder to find a job, and it's harder to find a higher paying job. Okay, yeah. so is the solution not to go into the business? Or is the solution becoming the best person in the business? Or is the solution taking away these bigger companies' benefits from from shutting these places down or not going to certain places? What's, I mean, I don't know. What, I don't know what the solution is, but the you know the the uh, in terms of not going into the business versus going into the business, mm-hmm. that's really up. That's that's a personal thing. Like a lot of these creative jobs, like being a, in a being a visual effects person or being a screenwriter or being a director or whatever. Like these are not jobs that you want to get into just if you want a high paying job like right. you have to have a level of passion for these things like most people are not going to be steven spielberg and be like incredibly rich from being a director right. like mo- like this is not these are not types of jobs that you want to get into if you just want a high paying job right yeah. there's way other there's other jobs that pay way more that are way easier to get into right. and are in locations with a much lower cost of living if you're just talking about getting paid like yeah don't go and don't become a visual effects artist but that's you know a lot of people don't have that luxury they right. they want to do it they because wanna, they want to do it right it does sound like a like a like a 
terrible industry to go into because from what you guys said, it the entertainment the entertainment industry, industry is a terrible. Just, well, industry. All of it right, is right, dog right, shit. Right. I just I was talking bad. about this specific it's thing. Really it's like it, it just sounds like any any VFX kind of place until they figure out a way to not do it in that way in like the bidding way is going to get fucked over in any way possible. It would be hard to change that because the studios have the say. Yeah. So the studios would be the ones who go, hmm, maybe we should change our ways, but why should they? Cause they're the ones that are taking less risk for it. Yeah, exactly. And those studios thrive by the studios. Like they're, there's not independent filmmakers going to them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they're getting these, I mean, they're not small contracts either. They're still making millions and millions sure, of dollars. Sure, but it's, it's obviously not enough. It's not enough. Right. So, you know? so I mean, enough. and I'm okay with, I'm okay with it because then it goes back. I like practical effects and how they, how they go into movies. But what if they all just banded together and said, we're not, we're not going to do it anymore. Just let's, let's do, let's make it a real industry and let's talk about real budgets and understanding how it's going to work because we're not going to put all of our industry in uh, to a detriment just to make sure you guys are making your nut at the end of the year. Are visual effects artists unionized? I, don't, I mean, like, because, like, write, writers... Union. I have a union, and it's, like, very good. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It, the, the union is very helpful yeah. for writers. The and writers and, and actors... Director's Guild is supposed to be great. Everybody just needs a union. union. The only Everybody union that's now that great is a producer's union. Because, I mean, that's one get a union. solution. Do you have like, a guild, I think, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, not not, sure. I'm not knowledgeable of that, of that market. Um, I, I, anytime I need him, I, free, I freelance him. <laughs> you taking you taking bids? I do. You are the problem. wait a minute. I've done work for you. I've done exactly. work for you. Oh my god, we just both got fucking handled. That's why I won't work for Kelby, man? God damn it, Kelby. You guys got paid, eh? <laughs> to be fair though, to be fair though, I he asked me like, "You want to do this job?" And I was like, "Yeah." How much? And I I threw out a number, and he was like. We're gonna double that. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's <laughs> nice. That's nice. Yeah. I was. Um, I would. I did it for time. time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just want to bring this up. And also, back in that time, back in 2013, when this happened, a lot of people in the industry kind of did this. Uh, they rallied around this, and uh, everyone, everybody changed their Facebook profile to just a green image. That. Yeah. Because they're basically saying, like, without visual effects, then this is all a movie would be. So long ago, yeah. Um, That was right after Life of Black. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to bring that up because it's just it's just really fucked up. Yeah. And it's like when you when you go and you see Detective Pikachu or you see these movies and you say like, or when you see Sonic and they're like, yeah, like they should have fucking fixed that, like (laughs) or whatever. Just think about the fact that like somebody listened to you, like you said Sonic looked like shit. Somebody listened to you and fixed it and it fucked them over and they went out of business. Now they just think about that. As a protest, I'm not going to see. (laughs) That's the the only reason. Yeah. Fuck them for what they've done. I was all set, had my tickets. Nope, not doing it. Have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? Oh yeah, I love. You're part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Warner Brothers is developing a new Harry Potter film. Original cast will return. That sounds on its face. Really cool, but when you hear the details, it fucking sucks. <laughs> Question for you: Is yeah. it about? Is it an adaptation from the from a book? Technically, Technically. Uh, okay. <laughs> Warner Brothers is looking to adapt the uh, hit West End Broadway musical Harry Potter and the Cursed Child into a film. Okay. Production has been has been a smash hit in London and New York, with lines regularly stretching around the block. Warner Brothers are intending to adapt the story as a film. 
and they're going to bring back Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, and Emma Watson to do it. The news is guaranteed to send Harry Potter fans absolutely bananas, with the project being a true sequel to the hit movies rather than the prequels of the Fantastic Beasts series. As The Cursed Child is a two-part production, it's likely that it will be a two-part film as well, though this hasn't been confirmed just yet. The news might be in reaction to the huge underperformance of the last Fantastic Beasts movie. I accidentally wrote Fantastic Beats movie, and now I want to see Fantastic Beats. Yeah. Oh, I, I did the music for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're came out person, really good. You and Lou. So, Lou and I collabed. Yeah. So, yeah. Collab. so, wait. They're, they're, making a, busy. they're making a Harry Potter <laughs> sequel movie, and it's going to have their entire cast? This sounds fucking awesome. But is it Wait, a- they're just adapting that play that everybody hates and thinks sucks? And did they? The, you just said there's uh, lines around the corner. To go to the Harry Potter. Harry Potter fans uh, hate yeah. the book. Okay. Do they? My question uh, or hate the play my, in the book, yes. Uh, yeah. They do. Logistically, don't you have to buy <laughs> tickets to these things in advance? Like yeah. you don't you don't just go stand outside Broadway and hope to get in, right? No, you typically buy it. Okay, so you know this whole lines around the corner. They're waiting out there. They're in a line because you won't let them in, assholes. Just fucking let them in. No, it's... Like, wait, what? They're not waiting in line to buy a ticket. They have tickets. Like, we, oh, there's lines minute. around the corner. Wait a you, minute. Wait you a know minute. how many... This has nothing to do with I, anything. I, I don't this know. I'm just so mad. Yeah. This is it's some weird like, Seinfeld rant. It's not a no, Seinfeld no, rant. Listen to me. I'll explain it to you. Hold on a stand outside for no reason. All I'm saying is... Let him into the theater. I'll like, I'll explain to you in words what it. Tyler is trying to say. All I'm getting at is like they they're like you said it as like a point of pride for them. There's people waiting around the corner to get in here and watch this movie. It's like let them in. Just fucking let them in. It was <laughs> goddamn. I, <laughs> I'm so frustrated at what happened just now. All right, but is it a musical? Is my is my thing because the thing is a musical. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. Know. I want to. I, mean, I want to say it is. I have no idea. My my wife has read the book, and obviously the book is not a musical. But I don't know how they would adapt a musical into a book because the book is just basically the playbill. It's just a. It's just like the script of the. Yeah. Play. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I mean, I, if it's a musical, I want them to keep it a musical. Because I would love to watch that. I, maybe I'm thinking about Harry that spoof musical. musical they did. I don't think it's a musical. It's not a musical. Okay, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Let him in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, oh, but then like the, the original cast is returning, but that they just have kind of like cameos. Like they're not. Yeah, really, that's they're the not thing. Really it's in not it. about uh, their next journey. It's about the kids. It's about, yeah. their, it's about uh, okay. Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter's sons. <laughs> yeah, lame yeah. together. Don't All right. Care. What's oh, the next the story? Date? Drew. I love that. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'd watch that. There's a new Power Rangers movie set in the 90s happening. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Another maybe. Power Rangers reboot is now in the works at Paramount is with Into the Fucking World creator Jonathan Entwistle in Talks to Direct. Featuring an all-new story with no relation to the 2017 movie, the screenplay will be penned by Peter Rabbit 2, the runaway scribe Patrick Burley. Pasbro is also producing under its all-spark pictures film banner after buying the rights from Hamsaban last year. And we know about that because we saw that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, we didn't. You guys didn't watch the Power Rangers one. I did. I watched it. You well, mean, the... we didn't watch it for the podcast. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, the uh, upcoming reboot will take the Power Rangers franchise back to its roots by setting the story in the 90s, around the time Mighty Morphin Power Rangers first debuted on television. Reportedly, the story will involve time travel to somehow transport the new kids back to the 90s, leaving them to find a way to return to the present decade. This plot description teases the idea of including characters from the show's early seasons, but it's not clear if the movie will in fact be set in the same universe or if Paramount is just going to for a similar vibe by setting it in the same time frame. That's Jumanji. Uh, that's yeah. Star Trek. Oh, 
Wait, Star Trek? Huh? Yeah, I mean, all of them are. Anytime they go back in the to the past, they always have to get to the future. But I mean, that's the one where uh, where like Leonard Nimoy, let him in. Leonard, Leonard Nimoy like swims <laughs> with the uh, whales. Oh yeah, 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 well, yeah. That, that, no, they well they go they go to they go to like present day Earth. Oh, it it was present day yeah. for the uh, well, but they're yeah. in the future in their time. Yeah, but they went they went like back in time to like gotta get back eighties Earth. And my second point of are they just gonna CGI all the '90s people? If they said like they're gonna connect them in some way, I don't want to go back to the '90s and see old ass Tommy. Like I don't want that. I mean, I first need of, a young Tommy. First of all, basically every astonishingly, sometimes you look back at these stars and you're like, oh man, right. Literally every one of the original Power Rangers cast looks amazing. They all yeah. look the same. Let they them look, in. They, they, they look like they haven't aged right a day. Yeah, and the, you could literally put okay. all of them back in, and you nobody would bat an eye. Yeah, I mean, see a skeleton. What's in the name of Black Power, Power Rangers costume? You're gonna um, bat an eye. Except, Zach, except for her, Zach. Okay. Zach, fucker. Okay. I'm sorry. Zach was Zach looks great. He finally got like a real good barber and everything. Like. They all look great except for <laughs> they all look great except for uh, I think what was uh, what is her name like Kelly Trang something Trang. She, she died oh, in a car accident. Damn. Well. Alright. Well, uh I think I already know who's gonna be Zordon. Oh they look amazing. Hey, they do yeah, look they amazing. Do. But right. I mean, but also I don't, I don't those aren't the people we'll see in the nineties. We need to see the top top people, right? I like, think I think they're going what? They should put them in as different characters. Those like, are the OGs. Cool. I know they're the OGs, but if they're going back to the time when the OGs were the Power Rangers, we're not I don't want to see the OGs as old people in the nineties, because they're not old people in the nineties. They're the originals in the '90s. So nah, are they whatever. gonna are they gonna make them young like they did everybody else this year? You know what I mean? I are know. they gonna play old people? Or are they gonna CGI their faces? They're in their forties. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, ageism. Just, uh, yeah, super facts. Yeah, not okay. cool. Yo, uh, they I know. I know who should play uh, Zordon. <laughs> Is it Brian Cranston? No, Kanye. Kanye. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That might work. I'm, yeah, it might I'm, I'm here for a Kanye. Yo, Power Rangers. <laughs> Zordon's calling. Just fucking send him to voicemail. Shit. Lord Zed, don't care about hologram people. <laughs> I know Jay Z got two shooters out there for me. Kanye's coming after you. <laughs> Yo, read a repulsa. Dress too sexy. Put some sweatpants on. That'd be great. I'm excited to watch this. Actually, I yeah. love a good like '90s throwback yeah. movie. But it does sound. Eerily like uh, Jumanji, I know the different stories, but yeah. it just made me feel like that. Most of all, I I I I guess I just I get kind of tired of these like sort of postmodern storytelling devices. Like it was it's cool a while ago of like oh it's like the thing, but it's a little meta, and now yeah. it's like ah can we just tell a straightforward story anymore? By yeah, the way, Tyler, what? in relation to what you just said, mm -hmm. I've watched uh, Good Good Times like live on TV, and the guy who played uh, the dad in Good Times, he came back and he played a, a different character. So that's why I was saying like in this Power Rangers thing, they could come back and play different characters, and it's kind of like wink, wink, wink. Oh, okay. like, I was yeah. an old one. I'm, but, all, you know. I'm always down for a cameo, but I just mean if they're going to have him play the Power Rangers, it's not going to work. Nah, probably not. <laughs> is it but even, yeah, I, it doesn't even seem like it's big enough. They're not going to get big stars for it, so is it no, even no. a big movie? It's a big movie. It'll make uh, $200 million. Yeah, I mean, it's a big movie sure. in terms of the of the IP, yeah. the property. It's like the it's like the Aladdin movie where the actor who played Aladdin like can't get any work. It's like... Can't it, get it, any work. It's not, a, it's not about him. It's about the... It's about the 
VIP. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like um, Timothy Chalamet in no, no, Power no, Rangers. No, nobody's no, nobody's, nobody's would ever do that. Nobody's going into the Power Rangers. Um, it's going to be a theater actor. But I definitely think I think you're right, Andrew. There's going to be like a lot of uh, they're just jumping around in leotards. Jokes like they're going to make those jokes like, oh, that Power Zord looks like it's just a big toy in a small town replica. They're just going to say things like that, and I hate that shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes that stuff is. It, I'm tired well. of it. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I actually do agree with you. I, I, I think usually your speculations on things are just like make no sense. Thanks. Like when you thought that Barney was going to be like a dark. I'd love that gritty thing. I told you they, but they already did that. Is what, what I was getting at. Sounds but, creepy. But I actually agree that that's that's literally what it is going to be. Yeah. The good thing about this is like the Power Rangers reboot thing that happened a couple of years ago. Like it was so, it was just such one of those movies of like I don't know, it was just like one of those generic kind of cranked out. Almost like it's like the movie version of a CW show. Yeah, and they, that shouldn't have happened because there was so much hype behind it. Is yeah. it oh that uh, yeah. But this, okay. this is supposed to be uh, being directed by uh, Jonathan Entwistle, and if you if you guys haven't seen the end of the fucking world on Netflix, it's great. It's so good. Every time you say his name, I think of the bassist of the Who. Why? Isn't that his name? I don't know, Mr. Entwistle. He dead anyway. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who the bassist. John Entwistle. He dead anyway. I know, I know everybody Jeez. but him. Okay. Which I is funny because that was the whole yeah. thing. Was that the Who's whole thing was that. Pete Townsend and Keith Boone and uh, uh, Roger Daltrey. John Entwistle, see? Oh. He came back related? from the dead and wow. is now producing Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah, the other three guys, they were super animated and then he would just stand there yeah. and not move. That's why he came back from the dead. He yeah. Had, yeah. So he had all that leftover energy. <laughs> um, yeah, so he came back from the dead and he made this really cool show uh, based on a graphic novel, I think. And it's about this... Comic, uh, comic book. Yes, well, you're right, but... We won't get into that. Uh, it's about this kid who's like, he's like 14 or something like that. And like, he thinks that he's a psychopath and he like wants to kill people. And he like kills animals and like, he thinks that he wants to murder somebody. He's kind of like a young Dexter. But then he meets this girl. They kind of run away together. And then it's sort of this coming of age story about this like young sociopathic, you know, lacking empathy kid who thinks that he wants to be a serial killer and then him just kind of like learning that that's not true it's really good okay. legend of the hidden temple is coming back and this time it's for adults Ooh. so there's yeah. gonna be fucking <laughs> that's the whole show they're gonna they're gonna facebook that huge statue Oh gosh. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> the Nickelodeon. Yeah. Wow. And how are you reading yeah, my mind crazy. right now? <laughs> mm, I don't know if I can watch that. What network family, is it on? Family friendly. It's on Skinamax, actually. Skinamax. <laughs> they uh, bought the rights. The Hidden Temple is not what you think. <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple is coming back to your screens, courtesy of Quibi. Oh. Certain elements from the original show will be back in the reboot, such as Moat Crossing the temple, and the Temple Run. This new version of the game will feature adult contestants. Quibi says they are casting super fans to compete on the show. Also, they have to have huge dicks. God damn it. Because they're going to fuck. All right. Also, the show will take place in a real jungle rather than a soundstage. That's weird. Uh, so they just needed things to throw money at. While we don't know the exact date, we'll see the return of Legends of the Hidden Temple. It will be exclusively streamed on Quibi, which launches on April 6, 2020. 
Okay. Quibi is a streaming service, which we haven't actually talked brought this up. Quibi at all. is like doing a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yes. What was the other thing they're doing? Like a lot of interesting stuff. I want to know what their finance rounds look like. Well, I mean, it's it's Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's like one of the richest guys ever. So what's he, what's he do? Uh, he used to be the head of DreamWorks uh, okay. and uh, <laughs> something else. So he was at I, Disney, I think, too. Do we, yeah, do we know was, who that? He was at Disney and he was like the head of DreamWorks. Yeah. Oh, crazy. They should call it Sex Temple. Oh, if they don't, don't, don't okay, throw. <laughs> we're giving we're giving free ideas out here, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're giving, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a we have we have a company. We yeah. can do that. We can, we, we can make <laughs> money off of them. Ideas, <laughs> and then then Lewis didn't say it, but we know we gotta give. Yeah, give Lewis his cut. Yeah, because he was in the room. I'm glad you guys know, man. <laughs> originally, originally there was a different Jeffrey who was a, who was a financer for this show. Oh boy, that's and, it. No, it's they, a wrap. And they and they weren't <laughs> oh, they weren't adults. Previously. Oh gosh. Okay. All right. We're good. I don't know what's going on. No, you don't need to know what's going on. Um, this is bad. It, it got bad. It's the uh, holidays, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a yeah. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> There's a vacation TV spinoff, The Griswolds, coming to HBO Max. No. All right. Vacation. Go back. Go like back. The, I don't give a shit. About vacation that. with the Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. National yeah. Lampoon. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Clark Griswold and family are heading to the small screen as Warner Media has put into development a comedy series for HBO Max called The Griswolds. Johnny Galecki, who played Rusty Griswold in Christmas Vacation, is executive producing, with the middle scribe Tim Hobart writing the series. As it sounds, the half-hour half hour singles-camera sitcom is based on National Lampoon's vacation movies, following the day-to-day lives of the Griswolds when, Griswolds when they come home to the Chicago suburbs after their shenanigan-filled vacations. <clears throat> I would love to watch that. Uh, there have been five official vacation movies developed by National Lampoon at this point, with each installment featuring Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo in the roles of Clark and Ellen Griswold. Randy Clay- Quaid and Miriam Flynn both show up often in the movie series, as well as their friends and neighbors, Eddie and Catherine Johnson. There is also Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, which also which gave Quaid his own spinoff movie, and Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo starred in an official 14-minute Griswold short. The actors playing the Griswold children, Rusty and Audrey, have consistently changed in every movie at this time it's not clear if any of these actors will be on board for the Griswolds or if it will if the series will introduce an entirely new cast while we've all come to accept the revolving door of actors of Rusty and Audrey most vacation fans probably won't be too thrilled about Chase and D'Angelo being recast you Kirk I'm okay with it yeah you know what the first vacation came out when I was a kid like 82 83 and I was like this is great and then subsequently, all the rest have kind of been crap. What? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? What, what good? What good one? Don't Christmas say, Vacation is great. Average epic. It's is not it's Christmas. It's not as bad as European, which is horrible. European is fine. No. Christmas Vacation is great. Christmas Vacation and I, is and I love Vegas Vacation. Which? Oh God, Vegas. That's so bad. I forgot about. It's it. not even bad. The Vegas one. Ugh. it's good. No. Is that the, is and that Christmas Vacation is great. Oh, You're okay. It's all the same shit uh, for every movie. I hate them just because my white trash family can't ca- stop calling Walmart Wally World now. And they've done it my entire life and it makes no fucking sense. Why do they call Walmart Because Wally? it sounds like Wally World. No, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a thing. Every, every, a lot of people call Walmart Wally World. Ugh. Wait, seriously? Yeah. yeah. That's oh, a thing. I've heard it's it's terrible. Terrible. I, know it I don't think that has anything to do with vacation, though. I think that's just a separate thing. No, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, I don't think it has yeah, to do with that. Oh, There's I no mean, such thing as Wally World without vacation. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a separate thing. Well, I think it, I, I don't think it's because of those movies. That's what my family gave me as a, an excuse. <laughs> it's like people call, you know, they call McDonald's Mickey D's. They call uh, Walgreens Wally G's. They call uh, they Target Target. 
It's just one of those things that starts. It's like it's almost like a pre-internet meme. They call it Popeye. I see that it's on HBO Max though. Yeah. Is that the streaming service or is that there you have to have their package to that's get? That's the streaming it? service. It's, that's yeah. that's their competition for Netflix the, and HBO Go now and Max. HBO Go is just stuff that airs on HBO in a on-demand form. Uh, HBO Max is their streaming service with original programming. Okay, got We've it. We talked got about it. it several times. I'm sure it, it, it's just it, it's always been confusing for me. It could be a good uh, it could be a good show because the uh, the writer is a, a decent writer. Um, I just the exhaustion of like what wacky hijinks mm. are they going to do now? What pratfalls going to happen? Again? Yeah, I have. Mm. I mean, I have no interest in that. Yeah. Although I highly disagree that every vacation movie after the first one is bad. Once you're right, I they're all terrible. I don't want to see. Once Anthony Michael Hall left the projects, done. What? He's the reason why vacation is so good. <laughs> Dennis that, Quaid was the only that reason is vacation not was true good. At it's all. not true at all. I don't mean that part at all. But I do mean that uh, the first vacation was great. The rest are bad. It's obviously Juliette Lewis. Oh God, that's right. She was in it too. So many people are in this freaking series. No, no, it's. It, I, I was actually reminded of this earlier because I, I think like the narrative on Chevy Chase has been sort of like retroactively altered. Of just like he's sort of become known as this like notorious fucking asshole. He was always and and you kind of like it's like somebody to be hated. But that being said, he was great. No, he, he was, was great. Fucking great. Incredibly funny. Massive asshole. He's so good. The term Wally World comes from a fictional amusement park in the 1983 comedy film National Lampoon's Vacation. The okay, sheer so yeah, size and everything under the sun mentality of the park on the stage oh. for the Walmart store name to be altered Wally World soon thereafter. Gotcha. So it is from it. I, I just thought it was a separate thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, okay, so it is a, you, a reference to that. Thank you, Todd. So earlier, I brought in a bunch of Goosebump books <laughs> and Todd went, are those Animorphs? And, and I was like, was we hot. had we had different childhoods. <laughs> but that being said, here's some exciting news. In January, all of the Animorphs audiobooks are coming to Audible. Ooh. So in January, you can buy the audiobook versions of all of your favorite Animorphs books. You know what's going to happen? They're going to turn into animals? Nah. The day <laughs> it comes out, everyone's going to post, yo, this is sick. That's about it. Yeah, nobody's gonna get that. <laughs> can, can, can I? Uh, Does anything more than that need to happen? Yeah, That's yeah. true. I'm going to put on my old man pants. Uh, Kurt, no, you're not. You're court mandated enough. <laughs> oh, that. That's right. I forgot. I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, God, uh, Kurt's allowed to call himself old, but when I do it, I we that's have to right. have a meeting. Some people are speculating yeah, that this is so uh, this is scholastic, like testing the waters of like oh. if a bunch of people buy these audiobooks maybe we'll do more books and maybe we'll do a movie I, some people are speculating <laughs> so that that's, be excited but, but here's my thing that, Todd. Mm-hmm. the first part what is Goose read Bones? a book don't listen to a book yeah definitely read, read a book, a book. Yeah. read sometimes a it's book. like sometimes it's like you're on a drive or read a book there, there are definitely times yeah. when an audiobook is is necessary sure but let's not lean too heavy on it and become dependent on it that's let's nice. actually read i don't think people Dude. Second qu- second thing, what's Animorphs? <laughs> goosebumps. You know Goosebumps. Wait, this is... Is it the same thing? No. No, no there's... Animorphs, no, was, a, Animorphs was a... Sci- so Goosebumps was the horror series, and Animorphs was the science fiction series. And that, and you like Animorphs, Todd. And you like Goosebumps. I like both, but okay. I was definitely I like more of a Goosebumps too. guy. I mean, I've talked about this several times of like my favorite thing is horror. 
Is it R.L. Stein, the guy who did Animorphs? No, the, no. the Goosebumps is R.L. Stein, and Animorphs was like written by different people. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a specific know. author. Oh my god! Until now, I thought you were talking about Animaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it. Show show him a cover from an Animorphs book. I <laughs> swear to God, I was so like, why are they doing books on the Animaniacs? Okay, mm. okay, they're, they're similar in style, I guess you could say. Oh, is there one author? Uh, Catherine Applegate. Oh, okay. I thought, oh, I thought I, it was R.L. I never Stein. thought there was like a signature author attached to Animorphs. Based on cover, I think uh, Animorphs looks cooler. It does look it does cool. They Animorphs, have the better, cool. They have the better covers. They have, they have you, covers. You're, not a, you're not a science fiction guy. I hate Did science you say fiction, that? but oh, just man. based on covers. Animorphs was about a group of kids, and Julia would love this, but it's about a group of kids <laughs> uh, who can turn into animals. Yeah. Oh. They got the power from an alien, right? All right. And the alien is their friend. His name is Al. Alamore. I would never watch that. The powers died. His brother. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. That's better than Animaniacs. There, there's a, no. Wait. How fucking <laughs> they don't, dare you? There doesn't need to be a competition. <laughs> Everything, Everything is a competition. competition. Apples and oranges. Yeah, that's. You can definitely compare apples and oranges because oranges are better. In fact, better. there's a great there's a great joke in Animaniacs that you would love. Is it the? F- yes. <laughs> okay. So there there's a scene where they're being detectives mm-hmm. and they tell Dot like, oh, uh, go dust for fingerprints. And then she leaves, and then she comes back in, and she's carrying prints in her arms. And then they go, no, I said fingerprints. And she goes, nah. (laughs) Okay, that's genius. But the best part is, (laughs) Prince gets excited about it. Prince goes, goes, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah, so Animaniacs Animaniacs is is a throwback to classic like Looney Tunes, Mary Melodies stuff. Learning so much, today. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, while I read the Goosebump books, I also listened to the audiobooks when I was a kid in some certain situations. And there was a really good version of uh, the Attack of the Mutant. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, it's Attack of the Mutant, uh, and it was it was uh, narrated by Richard Horvitz. He's the voice of Zim from Invader Zim and Daggett from oh. the Angry Beavers. Cool. So, <clears throat> keeping this uh, series reboot train running, mm-hmm. there's a Turner and Hooch TV series in the works at Disney Plus. Yes. The classic 1989 buddy cop comedy feature, Turner and Hooch, is getting a TV (laughs) series treatment for Disney+. I have learned that the Disney streaming platform is working on a Turner and Hooch TV series adaptation from Burn Notice creator Matt Nix. Oh, cool. So you probably love Burn Notice because you like things that my mom likes. (laughs) I'll tell you, uh, I... I did <laughs> I right. did like Burn, Burn Notice. Notice isn't bad. It I didn't hate it. And it has it has uh, what's his name who plays Burn, Jeff three something. Yes, and then it has yeah, uh, it what's his name who play, I can't remember Bruce it, Campbell. Bruce, Bruce Campbell. It has Bruce fucking yeah. Campbell, and he's always a yeah. gem. Burn Notice is the. The burn notice of shows. Yes, there we go. That's all we need. That's all we need. Thank you, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Donovan. Donovan. Yeah, guy, one of the most yeah. gorgeous men in the world. The guy from... Uh, I want him to play Turner. Fargo. I met him in college. The Far- Did the, you? The guy yeah. from the first season of Fargo. Yeah, I saw him oh. at a theater festival. Uh, he's he was, And he was that good back then. Was he a nice guy? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's good. Was he a solid actor? Yeah. He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's in the first yeah. season of Fargo. Yeah. He's in, uh, uh, he's in this weird... Well, not weird, but he's in this movie called Changeling. <laughs> That was, a, that, that was oh, the yeah. movie yeah. that made yeah. me wonder about him. He's on, but he, I had to read about it. Yeah. I read 
He, he was a bad guy in Hitch. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. 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 But anyway, this has nothing to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Turner and Hooch is coming back. Yeah. As a series, details about the series are scarce, but it is believed to be keeping the premise of the original movie, which starred Tom Hanks and also revolves around a police detective and his dog. The TV series has been in the works for a while. It has been gathering momentum recently, and I, and it's heating up for a green light. Reps for Disney Plus and 20th Century <laughs> TV would not comment. The 1989 movie starred Hanks as Detective Scott Turner and Beasley the dog as Hooch, the large, slobbery dog he reluctantly takes follow, it, it, takes in following the murder of his longtime friend and the dog's owner. The film, which co-starred Mary Winningham? Mare. Mare? Okay. From St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, okay. And, uh, and Craig T. Nelson uh, was a box office hit, grossing $71 million on a $13 million budget. It also became an enduring pop culture staple, getting frequent references in other movies and TV shows. Now, I don't agree with your enthusiasm for this at all. Okay. Because I don't think that like animal movies are very inherently interesting. Agree. Turner and Hooch is good yes. because of Tom Hanks. I would think that I agree with you. Uh, first of all, you're correct. Animal movies aren't that interesting. Not a big dog fan either. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I know. I never had a pet, so I, oh. I don't I don't really respond to pets. I agree. Turner Hooch is a good movie, and I bet you they get They'll get the next Tom Hanks. They'll get a guy who's a TV guy like Tom Hanks started out, who's really Colin charming. Hanks? Don't do that. He's too big. Don't do that. Uh, Walter Goggins? Walton Goggins? What? Sorry. What are you? What? I mean, I, who would not watch that show? I would fucking watch would that watch show. Walton Goggins is not the next Tom Hanks. No, no, he's no not. I'm not no, saying no. that, but I mean, he would be fantastic in it. But like the next, the next young TV star, uh, I think, could make this a charming show. I, I'm I'm gonna say I don't think there will ever be another Tom Hanks. Anybody that comes close to him, well, it would be Tom Hanks light. I just that's yeah. what I mean. It's like Tom the Hanks closest thing the is, is 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 what's his face, uh, the other Hanks, Colin Hanks, Colin Hanks. I think they could probably find someone different, mm. but just the nature of that I'm like, oh, that make it all makes sense to me. It's all like, oh, let's you should reboot that. It's got a lot of love from people. Anyone can watch it, and uh, Disney Plus, sure. Yeah. So here's the premise: uh, Turner gets uh, some hoodlums mad at him when he's getting gas. So he goes home, and then they come over, and they kill Hooch. So, so this Ho is all about... Hooch is dead. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, this is all oh, about... Uh, this you, is you're John Wick it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is Disney's John Wick. This is Disney's John Wick. Yep. You guys want to share with the class? Yeah. I was showing him Colin Hanks. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because Colin Hanks has a brother that's a rapper. What? Yeah. Ooh, uh, I knew that. I saw that. That's in some random article. His name was like, oh, Colin Hanks, Hanks has a son that's a rapper. Yeah. That's cool. And he's real bad. Oh, wait. Game Colin Hanks is not. I thought they were brothers. What? Colin Hanks is his son. Oh, that makes sense. Did you think Colin Hanks and Tom Hanks were siblings until this moment? Yes. <laughs> that is Why would I? What? Oh, my God. Because Tom Hanks is in his 60s and Colin Hanks is in his, like, 30s? Uh, yeah. Like, my. Papa was <laughs> I just mean like that happens. You think my my you my think, oldest you, sister is is in her mid thirties now, and my youngest you brother think that is just turning like a age gap between any siblings. Possibility. Thirty yeah. years. Not just it's any, a, but like, but it's it, also, could be hit. Like I just said, oldest sister, mid thirties, youngest brother, Beyonce. just turned eleven. It's also just like not even a little sister. That's Solange? not 30 years. No, Solange is like in like, close a, like a three-year-old or something. No, it's like not. A six-year-old. That, that leave might be leave your thoughts ever. in the of comments. Of all the amazing things you've said, that must might, might be the most How? I don't under, What? Like, it's kind of common knowledge. If you know, if you like are just kind of 
a follower of pop culture. Colin Hanks only is, 42. That's, that's still that's still no, wildly. It's, it's, not, uh, it, it's wild. There's, that's part of it, but the it's other a little thing, less than I thought. But the it's other still thing is just like it's unlikely. it's common knowledge. It's like been reported for years. I like, didn't even know about Colin Hanks until like he was in that Amazon special where he like takes over his dad's drawing business or whatever, our uh, cartooning thing. And that's the first time I even knew who Colin Hanks was. And I was like, oh, that's Tom Hanks' brother. Sorry, you, you didn't you, see. <laughs> You guys, you guys, you guys are putting him through court now. <laughs> I, I, I'm let I'm them so, in. I'm, yeah, let <laughs> them in. I'm just so confused about your guys' reaction to thinking that okay. that's a. It's only 20 years. I owe you an amends. Or, or, or 25 years. That's. I mean, I thought it was, I thought the gap common. was larger. Well, now everybody knows Colin Hanks, uh, Daddy's Tom. Yeah, Daddy's Tom. <laughs> Mortal Kombat reboot is arriving in theaters earlier than expected. And this isn't really even like that interesting of a news, but I only brought it up because just to mention the fact that there is a Mortal Kombat reboot happening because we didn't talk about this. Live action? Yeah. Yeah. Fans of Mortal Kombat have reason to celebrate as the new movie will be here sooner than we previously expected. Warner Brothers recently did some shuffling with its schedule calendar or release calendar for 2020 and 2021, which resulted in some big shifts for major upcoming, upcoming titles. One such title is the Mortal Kombat reboot, which is being produced by uh, modern horror master J- uh, James Wan. Uh, now we have where the movie will he- be here in just over a year. According to several reports, Mortal Kombat is now set to arrive on January 15th, 2021, uh, instead of March 15th or 5th, 2021. So it'll be here nearly two full months earlier, which is, you know, who gives a fuck? But I yeah. just want to bring this up because we just never talked about the fact that there was a Mortal Kombat movie produced by James Wan. Yeah. And not only that, but it's done shooting. They've uh, wrapped production on it. Uh, that, what is his name? Josh Lawson. I found out because I was on his Instagram last night and he was posting that he just like wrapped uh, or he's doing his last shoots for it. And I was like, there's a new Mortal Kombat movie? I, I'm super excited for it. I don't so give a shit. I'm there, all, there's I'm two things done. about this um, oh that I find interesting. That they moved it from March to January. January is a pretty crappy month to put a movie out. And number yeah. two, the fact that it's live action. So I wonder who did the visual effects. Uh, <laughs> some company that's out of business now. Yeah. <laughs> and they pushed it forward. Mm, I don't know. They're like, yo, before you go out of business, real quick. We give you forty five dollars. When was the first Mortal Kombat? <laughs> That's it. Movie? That's it. Nineteen. I think. I think the first one came out in nineteen ninety two. God. Oh. oh no no no. Nineteen ninety four. I'm gonna go middle and say probably nineteen ninety five. Any other guesses? That's ninety eight. No, it's definitely not that old. I, I don't think so. You were right. But there was no big star in it though. Uh, uh, well, I mean, um, Christopher Lambert Raiden? was in it. Ooh, played... he good. Raiden? Christopher Lambert. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and, uh, I think that was, I think that was pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, uh, there the, was... the bald skull guy was, no, he wasn't. No, anybody. he wasn't anybody. Okay. Uh, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure Christopher Lambert was the only known okay. person. Okay. Oh, no, no. Bridget Wilson was, uh, Bridget Wilson was someone for a hot minute. Bridget Wilson. Yeah. Wait, who Sonia? played? Who played? Uh, who played? Uh, uh, glasses guy. I can't remember his name. Fuck. I, all the name. Guy? All the names just went out of my head for the characters. Yeah. Luke, Bridget uh, Wilson and Lambert are the guys that are the people that I remember. Those no, are nobody in Mortal Kombat wears glasses. Yeah, like he, oh Johnny yeah, Cage. John, he needs sunglasses. Sunglasses. I'm sorry. Yeah, Johnny. No, Cage. he wasn't anybody. Oh, okay. Originally, he was supposed to be played by. Oh no, no, no. no <laughs> I'm mixing up stories. Originally. Mortal Kombat started out as a Jean Claude Van Damme fighting game. That's okay. And then they, and then at the last minute, Jean Claude Van Damme pulled out his licensing, and so they turned it into Mortal Kombat. And then they made Johnny Cage as a parody of Jean Claude Van Damme, which is why he's kind of like a arrogant. I, 
whiny that's why i thought movie star. okay that's but why i thought then that, i think jean claude van damme went to street fighter yeah yeah well he was yeah he was in the movie he's in the movie right yeah, yeah. interesting let's all just forget about the street fighter movie so yeah the, the, that movie's coming out and james wan is producing it so i kind of have some hopes for it because james wan's great i don't know man really? the january release date tells me i was just throw it out that's right i i do think we talked about this i think a couple episodes ago but i think more and more uh, the beginning of the year is not as much of a dumping ground as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that they've sort of started turning February into, like, a better month. Like, mm-hmm. ever since, like, Deadpool came out and was super successful and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're still right. Like, January is still kind of, like... Let's just put it out there. Yeah. Yeah, whatever we got. Uh, yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to watch the Top Gun Maverick trailer and react to that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to watch the Dragon Ball Z Kakarot game trailer. Kakarot! And react to that. We'll be right back. All right. Let's watch this shit. Okay. <laughs> Has anyone watched this yet? Yeah. No. You watched? God mm-hmm. damn it, Kurt. I haven't even I seen it. I thought I was going to get a unanimous, like, go in, go in and cold. I haven't even seen the original Top Gun. <sighs> I'll push you to the limit. <laughs> Fucking... <laughs> And the, le- and, and, and the levee was dry, my man. Can you see, Louis? <laughs> what? When you press play, can you push it a little bit back so Louis can see? Louis doesn't need to see this. Yeah, you push your Chevy really to the to limit, and the levee was dry. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh yeah, it's better to <clears throat> hear it this way. Those Scientologist eyes. This reptilian. <laughs> All these years later, what's his name? He played Goose. It's just like, fuck, why'd I die? <laughs> Anthony Edwards? Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Like, God damn it, why'd I have to die? I mean, I, I, I haven't seen this yet, but I, I doubt Val Kilmer is in this, right? No, Val Kilmer is in this. <gasps> He's in this? Not in the trailer. Oh. He's in the movie, though. What? That's why I would see this movie. Oh, fucking, that uh, fucking what's his name? Mustache. Miles Teller. Miles, Miles, Teller. Miles Teller. He's the main character. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's oh, he's Goose's son. He's Goose's son. Oh. Fucking. Mm. Tom Hanks looks a little old, man. They got him on Swallow. this. Young John Hamm is in this guy. too. John Hamm is in this. Yeah, man. This is a real movie. That's what makes it a real movie. John Hamm makes all movies real. Yeah. Fact. Oh, I touched that bird. You know why this movie's going to suck? Because they're not going to (laughs) fuck. Because Tony Scott is dead. Uh, Yeah, I wonder who's directing this. Why is there no Tim Robbins in this movie? I mean, you tell us. Uh, You're his I'll, friend. I'll, I'll yeah, try. Yeah, I'll talk to him. <laughs> Tim, we know you're watching. Put it in the comments. But, what? Oh, um, uh, Jennifer uh, Connelly. Jennifer Connelly's oh, the love interest. <laughs> they just like one brief shot of Jennifer Connelly. Ooh. Oh my god. I watch it. You know, to be honest with you, this gave me a sick, like, 
we're America and we have the biggest penis ever vibe. Right? That's, that's, that's what that's, that's what, what Top Gun originally was. was. When Did Top you... Gun came out, they had recruiting stands in the theater. Wow. You would go into the theater, they'd come out and be like, hey, you want to hear get some information do about that? the services? <laughs> I was like, no. Um, yeah, this is what that gave me. I mean, I, I would still watch it, but this again goes back to my point of like, it, it feels like all these movies are the same. Absolutely. It's this looks like kind of like Top Gun from '86. I mean, it's, mm. and apparently it's the same, roughly the same story. I guess there's certain tropes that they hit. There's a volleyball match in mm. this one as there was in that one. They sing in a bar like they did in the last one. So every every army or, or military movie has a bar singing moment or a bar fight yeah. moment or some dumb happening mm-hmm. in a bar. And Miles Teller has a lot of abs, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has all the abs. I, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He has all that the abs. Amazing. And that stash? That stash, though? He still... I wish he would stash okay, that stash. Here's the thing with the stash. Look, that's look good. He has a stash. Anthony Edwards had a stash. Just because you have a stash doesn't mean your dad, you have to have a stash like your dad did. That's not how it works? No. That's definitely that's not, how it works. That's not how works. stashes yeah, work. Wait a minute. So I can grow a mustache just my, because my dad didn't have one? Yeah. My dad's not upset with me constantly because I don't have a mustache? Uh, You're I not think, here for that. Yes. <laughs> I will watch it. I think I was... It's growing. <laughs> Look. Oh, God. Look. Oh, gosh. You're halfway He's there. turning... You look like Miles Teller. You look like Miles Teller. And he's dead. Good for us. R.I.P. Andrew and and Goose. Miles Teller still looks 17. Yeah. To me. I don't know if that fits. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would stream this um, illegally. (laughs) God damn it. God damn it. Just don't watch the movie. You're you're going to make some VFX team go bankrupt because you don't pay for things. They they don't get anything from the box office. That's true. That's true. Uh, To them, it's like, yeah, we got our check, and then now I'm going to go sign up for WIC. Actually, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you know what WIC is, but... I do. Women and children. You're trying to say women can't be VFX? You say women. I'm saying... Hashtag cancel Tyler, huh? Ah. So... Everyone's on board for not liking this. I'm not that. I'm not that far. I just. I'm on board for saying it's not going to be good. But I think. It'll I think be I'm going to like cool. it. I think I'm going to like it. it I think it'll be fine. It. Yeah. It just kind of. I, I, I don't have too strong feelings about it. About it. Yeah. My feeling is, and it's how I feel with Top Gun because Top Gun's always on TV, and I'm like, oh, it's fucking Top Gun. Oh, I'll watch it for 15, 20 minutes, and then I feel like dirty watching it. I'm like, why do they suck me in? And this kind of did the same thing. <laughs> just when I thought I was out, they bring me back in. Let me in. You don't like the first one? When I think about it, I don't like it. But then if it's on TV, I'm like, oh, okay, let me watch it. That's fine. fine. Yeah. It's definitely like a my yeah. mom movie. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not yeah. my favorite. And then I feel this way Tony about this, this trailer. I go, oh, I'm not going to see it. And I'm like, oh, maybe I will see it. When I it would, I would replays watch it. on TV. Yeah. Blue, you would watch it? I'll watch this. I don't know yeah, if yeah, it gives yeah. you the same Rambo vibes, but... No, nah, it, it's not I, like Rambo. Rambo is less. It's Top Gun. It's not the same. Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a really uncomfortable yeah, scene in Top Gun that just has not aged well. Which? Where he, uh, who's in Top Gun? Is it, what, what's the actress? Kelly uh, McGillis. Yeah, Kelly McGillis. He's like, he's at a bar and he's like kind of hitting on her and then she's like not having it and then she goes into the bathroom and then he just follows her into the bathroom. Yeah. 
and he just keeps hitting on her. Yeah. And it's just like it just feels really creepy. Yeah. And it's supposed to it's supposed to be charming. It worked, it yeah. worked though. Eh? There's a lot of shit. It worked yeah, in a movie written then, by yeah. a guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In the eighties. Yeah, yeah, that guy probably did that. So he got his wife. Eh? <laughs> Kelly's like, note to self. And follow women <laughs> follow in, in real no, life. See, all, all the bathrooms are for everybody nowadays. So. See, that's what I, that's I was knew he was gonna fucking say that, and I was like, people aren't really afraid of. People who need to use those oh, restrooms—they're <laughs> afraid of Kelby. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I would watch it. I would definitely watch it if somebody else could pay for it. I, I'm on yeah. that. I'm on that. If uh, if if we want to do it as a business thing, we all go watch it. I'll definitely do a Rambo. <laughs> you name it, Maverick. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So there's a game coming out uh, sometime next year, and it's a it's an RPG version of Dragon Ball Z. Called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, and it's basically a role playing game, like a, like an open world role playing game that tells the story of Goku from. I think it starts at the, it starts at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z and it goes to the end of Dragon Ball Z. So like the Raditz saga all the way through the 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 uh, Boo saga. Nice. And you play as Goku, and then you get to do all those different iconic things, battle and and live your life and as Goku and stuff. So that game is coming out. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. I needed that again. <laughs> oh my gosh! And they just released this cinematic intro trailer, so I wanted to play this because so you guys know about Dragon Ball Z, or in you too, but you're not really into video games or these kind of video games at least. So I played I'm one. I played game. played one Dragon Ball. Z you game. play sports games? No, no, no I played no. one Dragon Ball Z. Game. What Budokai, Budokai fighters? Budokai, yeah, Budokai, Budokai, Budokai fighters. Budokai. <laughs> So I wanted you guys to watch it and react to it from a perspective of just seeing it as a game. And I wanted a couple people who just don't even know what Dragon Ball Z is to watch it and react. So Kirk, and also, I want to, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go get Julia. And I want her to oh. react to this instead of me. So okay. I'm going to run out really quick, and I'm going to grab Julia. Okay. All right. All right. Mild language, suggestive themes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Is this the same music? Yes. Dig the music. Why is the music so 80s? It was the whole vibe. Oh my gosh, those muscles. I like the graphics. <laughs> those muscles. It's Miles Teller muscles. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. This song does slap. Yeah. You know who we don't see? Mr. Popo. Mr. Popo. <laughs> Kameos. Feels wrong. Is this for a new video game? Yes. <laughs> Todd singing along. Oh, we need to put the camera on Todd. I fucking love this so far. Yes. So, are some of these scenes actual playing, or are these all cutscenes? I feel like it's got to be all cutscenes. It's the intro to the game. Oh, okay. Yeah.
Oh, that part's cool. Yes! Yeah, I'm, I'm it into dope. it. I'm fucking into it. It gives me uh, fan-made <laughs> vibes. What? That a fan made this? What are you talking that, about? There's no way a fan I, could make that. What? That's insane. That's just how that's I felt. Like, those are like cutting-edge PlayStation 4 graphics. So I was actually going to say the animation doesn't look fresh. It doesn't look very what? good to me. I like it. I like, like it. I think it looks good, but I don't... For a video game? Cutting well, edge? For the video game? I just, uh, that's not going to be the video game. That's just Wait, like so the it's, same, gonna... it's the same thing they do with like uh, I feel like it's got to be the same thing know. they do with um, like Halo. Like they'll they'll give you really cinematic, good looking scenes to watch, but then when you buy it, it's not like that. It doesn't uh, look. I like think that. the I Dragon Ball Z games usually good. have like the use like the that style of gameplay for the graphics. I don't know. Uh, I guess I it might not look as sharp. I guess but... I stopped playing after, uh, when they got better, but I, I don't think it's gonna look like that. I don't know. I thought it looked good. I'll never play it. Or think of it again. <laughs> so it's open world, but like, yeah, I didn't see that part. I wanted to see that like, RPG part. That yeah. that's just it was just the intro. It doesn't it didn't show anything. Right, gameplay. this isn't actual gameplay. Yeah, okay, it's it like I said, it's it follow it's following like basically all of the main beats of Dragon Ball Z. So Raditz showing up and him having to fight him, and then Vegeta comes, and then it, with uh, Nappa, Nappa, and they defeat them, and then. Um, Frieza saga, yeah, they go to Namek, and there's Frieza, and then they come back, and then the Cell saga, and it just goes through all those, and you you basically play out those moments. Yeah, I'll play it. Is Dragon Ball Z the normally this frenetic? Yeah, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know, man. That this looks like something I could have watched nine years ago. Yeah, honestly, I felt the exact same way. I would much rather just watch it. I would much rather just like watch whoever whoever made that opening just. Continue the story, but better. Just continue it. Let's all forget about. So it's sort of like a quest game. You complete. It's an, it's, like a, it's an RPG. It's like an open world RPG. Where you... <laughs> I feel like Andrew wanted us to be more ha- like happier <laughs> about this. Like he's just like disappointed that we're not all behind it. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's happy. Uh, I don't. What it's PS2, PS4, PS2. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I don't on PS2. Like I don't have a. Uh, it's an it's an open world RPG game. game so system. you're going through and like, there's the story element and then you fight people and you gain levels, you gain experience points, and you get stronger and. See, I I'd rather they just Pokemon go it. Like that would be better. Uh, Get some exercise into it. I'll play it. I would definitely play it. I I would need to see more of the gameplay because that still doesn't like register to me. But as far as just what I looked at, it looked kind of cheap. I don't get the cheap thing. I mean, I have no interest in this at all. But I don't it, get the cheap. Yeah, the thing. the graphics are are cutting edge. Like the like the, they they don't they don't look realistic. Like you're thinking about like Call of Duty and like Gears of War and shit like that. But just, they're they're done in an anime style cell shaded graphics to look like a cartoon. That's why they look like that. But it, it, those it, graphics are very good. I don't I don't know a lot, and so I'm gonna sound dumb. I'm sure, but it looked like no. The one thing I do is like hard hard lines and borders cell, on characters. Cell shading. Is I don't oh, sure okay, but what I mean is like it looked like they were uh, like running a background and then they had these characters flying in front of it. Yeah. It didn't feel like they were immersed in that world. Yeah, it's, well, it's on purpose. It's, okay, it's if that okay, okay, then yeah, then they went. Then they it's they made it look like the anime. They they got it right. I'd say they got it right for something I don't know about. Yeah, it looks fun. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. And in fun. terms of that song, I, the song is from the original show, so it's like a real song. I, from yeah, the 80s. I, I do like the song. The song was the best part yeah. for me. Yeah, I agree. I, didn't I think Todd's know. reaction was the best part for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's not gonna make me buy a PS4, and I'm a, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm a 
big fan of Dragon Ball Z. It I grew up on it, but it's not going to make me go out and like, I need to play this game. So how does this Dragon Ball Z differ from OG Dragon Ball Z or what you grew up on as Dragon Ball Z? Uh, this is a game. That was a TV show. I don't understand. But how does it, it differ? It does it. It's, it's, it looks like it's exactly a replica of it. Oh, okay. That's what and I was Isn't asking. that what you want? No. <laughs> I you mean, actually don't feel like I, it looks if, like if, it totally does. It what? Doesn't. What this Dragon Ball like, Z were you watching? This is like HD version of that. It's a game. I don't know. <laughs> you just I, remember I, I it on a shitty 240p resolution. They have no, to recreate. Have to they have to. <laughs> they have to recreate the look of a cartoon with computer animated graphics that you can control. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I just personally think it. Okay. This is like martial arts having having the will to pull back when you could have done every single thing different. Like it it could be completely cinematic and 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 crazy. What are you talking? <laughs> I don't know what you're expecting. I want to. I, I, I kind of want to unpack that. It's like martial arts. Like okay, so no, if you this. if you seriously oh train in martial arts, you know how to put when a, not to fight. When not to fight. Okay. When not to put your full force behind a punch or something. Like you know how to control it. Yes. And they did that here because they could have made it like a million times more cinematic and and look better to like please people like Kelby. But really, mm-hmm. it looks it for me. It looks like the TV show. And I feel like that had to take restraint, not putting oh, all the stops out. I'm not really saying stops. I want it to look better because it looks fine. It, it, it's clear and crisp. It just looks old. How? I mean, but I don't it, know. I don't know what to say to that. But like, isn't the, the, the show, game has been like the show is old? Like a plot. Like, so you want it to look like the show? Really it doesn't. It does not look like the show. It doesn't look like it the show. It does no. look like the show. It, it totally does. I mean, I mean, that's me. <laughs> oh. I, just, I don't know. I, I like this. I think green. it was good. That's me. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, go look at a scene from the show. You'll see there's like more detail in it because in, it's are you? It's hand animated. Okay, can we yes, go back? I we understand. Need to, we need I to, just don't like it. We need to go back to the part where they're flying through the city that looks just like a city shot in the in the show, except brought to a 1080p resolution instead of instead of back back in the day when it was just like hand drawn. I guess. Why is it important for you to for you who want to convince Kelby to like it? Why is it important that for you that he likes it to uh, convince him to like it? I don't I don't want him to like it. I just I whatever something is just blatantly true. I want people to acknowledge. <laughs> he wants <laughs> Kelby to be on the side of the righteous. Universally applauded doesn't equal true though. Yeah. No, but I'm saying like in a, in a like game gaming is like even like we talk about these reboots all the time. We talk about like the toxicity of like you know, people hating reboots or people like hating the Star Wars movies because there's like black people in it and stuff like that. But like gaming is a million times worse. Like it's, they've got the most toxic fans you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole toxicity was basically invented <laughs> in gaming. Like Gamergate was the first thing where people started talking about toxic fandom mm-hmm. and it was about gaming. Yeah, that's true. And of these incredibly scrutinous fanboys that hate everything if it's not exactly perfect this game has been sort of like celebrated for how good it looks and how and how accurate it is so i i wasn't saying that that objectively makes it right i'm just saying like in a completely different realm of what you're saying now like everybody talks about how great this game looks original uh animated series is everyone that ripped yeah yeah Yeah. it's a fighting anime Yeah, yeah, yeah wow it's a, sh- yeah. it's a shonen fighting anime. They it's don't even about... look like muscles. They just look like boulders, like pebbles and rocks on people's bodies. I'm kind of with Andrew. I think you looks. guys are tripping. I'm kind of with Andrew on this one. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think we're looking at two different things. <laughs> Can you 
play like a minute of it again? <laughs> Just like 30 seconds, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You get wait, you're giving it a second look then. I just yeah, I want to see it again. Let's see it again. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear that song again. <laughs> that looks dope, boy. Yeah, look so at his good. hair. <laughs> look at that amazing. hair move. Tripping, man. <laughs> Oh, is that? That looks good. Oh, yeah, okay. That's the, show. that's the show right there? Yeah. This kind of reminds me of Mario Kart. Yeah. All right. I, I've seen enough. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that looks like PS3 graphics. But Honestly, PS3? I, yeah. I think these graphics are better than the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Did they yeah. do? Oh. They're computer animated, so I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> It does look like it, this whole world was created. It looks like it, you are transported into a fantastical world. Mm-hmm. Like when I was watching it, I felt like, yeah, if I was playing this, I'd probably feel as if I were actually in a different world. But if you play this, you only want the music playing. Yeah. The entire I mean, time. Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to loop. I don't, I'm yeah. assuming there's some, some fucking more bangers like that. I'm, here, I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to show you guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Bop. <laughs> no. You thought if you like that song, <laughs> this is this is the off. shit. This is the, so. <laughs> there's like different versions of the theme song. There's like the one that in the original Dragon Ball, whenever Goku was a, a kid, when they when it aired on on Toonami, it had um, an American version of the Japanese theme song. But whenever they released Dragon Ball on home video uh, back in '95. It had this like wholly original intro song that was created by the same guy who did like the uh, like the Power Rangers song and like the Inspector Gadget song. And this is it. This is the one I remember because I used to rent these on, mm, on video. So this is the intro to the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is beautiful. These are watercolors. I like this animation. <laughs> what was that line? The greatest test of all is to find that seventh ball. That's a horrible lyric. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's Here we like... go. Here we go. Here's the breakdown. in those seven balls. Wow, I loved I, all of that. I think only you will understand this. Uh, it sounds like a song from Loverboy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that's what all these all these theme songs in like the 80s and 90s, they were just like, they were just making like rock pop yeah. songs. That's, yeah. That's just what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with both of the things we saw <laughs> just now. All right. Thank you, Julia, for... Yeah. Well done. Thanks. 
So we got it. Watercolors make a difference. Got it. <laughs> Just so you know. All right, last couple stories to get Woo. through before we're done. Just blow through them. So really quick, uh, there's two new Star Trek films officially in development. You. Um, which was, uh, you know, while speaking to investors at the UBS Global Technology Media and Telecommunications Conference, Viacom CBS CEO Bob Bakish said that two new Star Trek movies are officially in development. The news may come as a bit of a surprise to Star Trek fans, especially after the series' history of diminishing returns at the box office. Earlier this year, it seemed as though Star Trek IV was still far away from production and had some big hurdles to overcome. So basically, like, they did three Star Trek movies, three of the reboot movies with Chris Pine, and the last one they did was Star Trek Beyond. The first Star Trek did really well. The second one, not as well, and it wasn't as critically accepted, um, and it sucked. And then, uh, and Star Trek Beyond was great, but it made no money. And they kind of just canceled the franchise. They were just kind of like, eh. They made the they made the show Star Trek Discovery, and they just kind of like the 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 film franchise just kind of like winked out of existence. Um, and there's been all this talk about it for a while, but it just seemed like they weren't going to do anything. And then now suddenly they're making two more movies with Chris Pine. Ostensibly, it's in the same universe. But the interesting thing is, simultaneously to this, uh, for the past several months, people have been reporting and people have been talking about the fact that uh, Quentin Tarantino is trying to do a Star Trek movie. So the one one of the movies in production could be his Star Trek movie. I'm pretty sure we heard this morning that he dropped out. I, th- I thought I heard that too, that he dropped out. Yeah, he dropped well, out. They, the, he's, uh, I don't know if maybe that's something different or something new that just came out, but what basically happened that I know of at least is he's been talking about it for a long time. And then he, in a recent interview, he said, like, I might not be doing it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the last I heard. It wasn't an official confirmation. Going to something else for his last film. Yeah, but he, yeah, he, was, he was basically trying to do a hard R Star Trek movie. Basically, he literally described it himself as a Pulp Fiction in space. Well, that I would see. I wouldn't. I would. I would, uh, definitely. I would definitely 150 that. million percent. That being said, I, there's so much Star Trek. I just am overwhelmed with how much there's always Star Trek. Star Trek or yeah, Star, Star Wars? Star, Star Trek. Trek. Star Trek is, is... There's always so many spinoffs and offshoots that I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, but it's it's different, though. It's different than Star Wars. Like, Star Wars, I get that you can be oversaturated by it. Like, personally, I'm not yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see the movies, and I want to see The Mandalorian, all this stuff like that. And, like, I can't imagine, as long as they keep making good stuff, I can't imagine getting tired of it. But I understand the viewpoint of, like, getting oversaturated with it. But Star Trek is like a little different because Star Trek is such a uh, like you don't need to consume all of it. You you can choose your level of what you want to watch That's because everything is like connected, but it's all just kind of like you can just watch the ones you want to watch. Mm-hmm. There's a Wiley e. Coyote live action movie coming. Looney Tunes Wiley e. Coyote movie titled Coyote versus Acme now has Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows director Dave Green signing on to lead the charge. Uh, last year, it was reported that Warner Brothers was developing a film focused on Wile E. Coyote, and it will be st- a story set around Coyote, uh, the Coyote and the fictional Acme Company, as the company itself ended up becoming a big rival for the character due to him purchasing traps from them to capture his nemesis, the Roadrunner. So yeah, they're, they're apparently making a live-action Wile E. Coyote movie. Another like CGI it. company that gets put out of business. Uh, yeah, I was like, say, this sounds like... Uh, yeah, so I like that. It's just going to be Somebody's all- not getting their kids' Christmas presents that year. It's going to be all reading. Like I love that. That's gonna be great. It's, just, it's all signs. It's just gonna be. This what you count as reading? <laughs> I don't do any other reading, so that's, yeah. That's how, count, that's how Tyler learned yeah. to talk. <laughs> um, I know, and really quickly, I just a little interesting factoid about uh, Wildly Coyote and the Roadrunner. 
whenever whenever Chuck Jones created Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner, originally it was supposed to be a parody of Chase cartoons. So he was making fun of Tom and Jerry, basically. Uh, and so Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner was like an over-the-top version of Chase cartoons, and it was purposely ridiculous. So we, we think back on it, and we think like, oh, that's just what that was. And But at the time, he was trying to make an over-the-top satire and make a and basically make a statement about how ridiculous Chase cartoons were because he liked cartoons that had more joke-telling and substance to them. But it became wildly popular, and it completely had the ne- the, the opposite reaction that he thought it was going to. And it and then it ended up becoming this huge thing that was like popular for exactly the reason that he kind of made it to make fun of those. Hmm. So that's just I, I just always found that yeah, interesting. That is interesting. Fuck Purple Rain. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> Kevin Smith's groundbreaking debut film, Clerks, has been added to the Library of Congress Congress National Film Registry. Clerks is one of the most successful indie films of the 1990s and the movie that jump-started Kevin Smith's film career. Uh, the 1994 movie based on New Jersey native Smith's, uh, Smith's former life working as a clerk at a convenience store in Monmouth County received the most votes for the, from the public in this year's National Film Registry uh, balloting. The Library of Contra- Congress announced on Wednesday. Clerks will be adding to added to the registry alongside 24 other classics like uh, Prince's Purple Rain, Spike Lee's She's Got She's Got to Have It, and Disney's Sleeping Beauty. Wait, why you say that about Purple Rain? That was a joke. Yeah. Just because uh, la- last episode, about to fight you. last episode Clerks we talked about Purple Rain, and I was just yeah. But, but Clerks is great. Does it yeah. well deserved? I usually end on a weird story, and this is like not super weird, but to me it's very weird. It's a little weird. So it was uh, on on Red the Red Hot Chili Peppers social media. They just announced a few days ago that guitarist John Frashani is rejoining the band. And it's so funny to me because, first of all, I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, nah, I'm good with them. I don't like them. I never have. Yeah. They are one of those bands to me that is like in the pantheon of like bands that are really popular and people really like them that I just don't see the appeal of. But point at me. <laughs> John Frashani is a fucking amazing guitarist. And he has solo music. And it's great. I love John Frashani. And he has several really solid albums. Uh, but it's funny to me because he joined the band back in... I forget uh, the year, but he joined the band... like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, when their original 86. guitarist died. And he was just a fan. Yeah. And he was the guitarist in some of their most iconic albums that we know about. Like, mm-hmm. there's the early kind of Chili Pepper stuff. And then the stuff that we really know about, like Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which has Under the Bridge on it, and great Californication. Great that's album. the stuff that's like... The, their big breakout stuff. And Good and stuff. he was on those albums. But uh, back in, let's see. Uh, oh, it was 1988. He okay. joined in 1988. 80s, yeah. They recorded those albums that I mentioned, Mother's Milk, Blood, Sugar, Sex, Sex Magic. Uh, and then Frashani fell into uh, a deep heroin addiction and he left the band. But then he rejoined the band six years later in 1999. They recorded Californication. 2002's By the Way and 2006's Stadium Arcadium and then he left the band again in 2009 and then different drug or what? no just like he just wanted to be on his own yeah so he's left this is the third time that he has rejoined the band yeah and it's like it seems like he is they are just doomed to play out this Sisyphusian theatrical play where he joins the band he plays with them for a little while he gets tired of being in this huge mainstream rock band and he wants to leave and do something more indie. He leaves and then inevitably comes back. 
And they're always like, yeah, come on back. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like he's like, he's helped them make some of the biggest stuff. So. He's great. They would they're, he's they're, their biggest, great their biggest stuff is with him. Yeah, he's so one, of, he's one of the greatest know. guitarists in like modern history. Yeah. So and I mean, and to me, it's like oh, me my band too. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's like oh, John Frusciante is wasting his time being in this shitty band when no. he could be making his own stuff. Chili Peppers are better than the Beatles. <sighs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I like them, but they're basically just adult people ska. Scuba doo bop. I'm in California. Oh oh oh. Just did an R, just well, did a Chili Pepper song. Time. Well, you did the background singing for the Chili Pepper song because you couldn't do a lead. Ooh. First of all, aside from the fight about, <laughs> aside from this long-standing feud, Anthony Kiedis is not a good singer. Oh, agree, agree. No, I agree. Flea is an amazing bassist. Yes, Flea is great. And I met him in a veggie restaurant once, and he was delightful. Nice. Yeah, he seems like a super nice He's guy. Super nice. Guy. He's also a great trumpet player. And I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, he played the trumpet on uh, the Mars Volta's D Louse in the Comatorium album. I had no, oh, no, idea. no, 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 uh, not, not in that one. He played it on uh, Francis the Mute. Interesting. They Or maybe both. He might have done it on both. They make good songs for a cappella bands to redo because uh, Straight No Chaser does a great under the I bridge. hate a cappella bands. I, I hate <laughs> white people ruining things on YouTube. <laughs> wow. They've been doing it before YouTube. I'll tell you. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I one, highly suggest Straight No Kelby, Chaser. One time we were Heard. sitting, one time we were sitting at our house, and Tyler was like, "You guys got to see this." And he played this acapella band singing Hamilton songs, and I was like, "This fucking sucks." That You're wrong. Just that, a bunch of was just a, a bunch of fantastic. white people wearing leather it, singing shit that they have no business singing. Very wrong. I ain't mad at you. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> you are gonna get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lewis said it. It's a wrap. Um, <laughs> but it's funny because it's similar I've to. Heard for Obama twice. There's another band that has a similar dynamic. So Limp Biscuit, they have a guitar player named Wes Borland, and he's the guy. Like if you remember back in the day, Limp Biscuit when they'd play or whatever, like you know everybody else was just wearing like you know sweat track pants and t-shirts and backwards caps, and then like Wes Borland was dressed like a fucking space demon. Mm-hmm. He had like the white contact lenses and he'd paint his entire body black with like white stripes and he'd be wearing this weird <laughs> feather thing and all this stuff and he was just this weird, he would just dress in these crazy <laughs> costumes. It wasn't blackface. Uh, I don't care. The face wasn't black. It, it was, was the rest of his face. body. Yeah. It sounds cool. And so uh, sometime in like the early 2000s, after their big wave of being super popular he quit the band and he was basically like i hate this music i only joined because they asked me to and i like i just hate this music and so he started his own band called big dumb face they only had one album and it's amazing and i love it and i have it i had the cd i listened to it a lot it's like experimental avant-garde Death metal. It's, it's it's like genuinely one of my favorite albums. You gonna listen to it a little? Uh, so I'm gonna pass on that. You like the big dumb that. faces body? Yes. Thanks. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> All right. What else was up, man? And, and, and so, but then whenever he ran out of money, he's like, "Oh, I'll, yeah, let's get back together. I'm gonna be in the Limbus skin again." So he rejoins the band. They, they put out an album. Inevitably, he's like, "Fuck this. This music sucks." He quits. He started a band called Eat the World. I, I didn't really listen to them, but they did some other music. And then, yeah, how about I, how about I join the band again? Let's do it. Let's go on tour. And it's just like it's the same thing. Where they, it's like they don't like the band, they don't like the music, but they like the money. 
And so they're just they're doomed to play out this cycle over and over again. And I just find it fascinating. You got to put that money in Bitcoin. And you have to question <laughs> you have to question what you would do in that situation because there was uh, there was just a New York Times just put out a mini documentary which I would highly recommend you watch it. It's so good. I watched it last night. I have no interest in the Black Eyed Peas. I never liked them. I always thought they sucked. Mm. But this documentary is so good. And it's about the fact that there was an original vocalist for the Black Eyed Peas. And she was with them back in the early days when they kind of had more of like a De La Soul kind of vibe. They were great back then. And then that when they started getting bigger, the record labels, the managers wanted her to become more sexualized. And they wanted her wearing like tight clothes and like grinding on the guys and stuff like that. And so she ultimately decided to quit and then they Respect. immediately got Fergie, and then they immediately became the Black Eyed Peas. Respect. Like months after she quit, she was just seeing them everywhere. And it was about her kind of coping with that and kind of telling the story of it. And like she held to her guns. Like she, she didn't like the way that the band was going. She didn't like what she had to do and how it made her feel. So she quit and she stuck to it. And like, you know, obviously she probably has a little bit of regret in somewhere back in the back of her mind. But to me, it came off to me like, She's happy in her life, and she's happy with the decision that she made, and she has a family, and she has kids, and she is happy with that. And people like Kelby are going to judge her and be like, oh, you're just saying that because you're trying no, to... I I think what she's saying is great. I laughed because I got a picture of, of her in my head, like, working at Ross or something. Like, yeah, I was in a Black Eyed Peas, but, you know. He's these go backs, but that's that. That's what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> I know exactly what I people are going to literally. Ju I just did the I thing. I don't he said judge you were her for that. Do. I don't. I'm not saying like, oh, you must be like. Ugh. People are going to. I just think like I just had the image in my head, but I I don't care that she stuck to her guns. Like, good for you. Like, you did what's right for you. People are going to mock her because we as a society are so obsessed with celebrity. And if you almost get celebrity, or if you get it and then you lose it, or you never quite get it. Then we're thought you're thought of as like lesser. Like, I don't think that at like all. we have no level of celebrity yet. Oh, so nobody nobody judges us for that. Nobody's right. like you. You're not a fucking celebrity, you piece of shit. Yeah. But if we got, if we became celebrities and then lost it, people would be like, you are a piece of shit. Like <laughs> like you, you just like once you get intermingled with that, like yeah. you are judged for it for the rest of your life. So this girl has this stigma of like I was almost Fergie. Uh, she looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. She has this stigma of like I was almost Fergie. <laughs> And so people I, think I of, had a different thought in my yeah. yeah, of course you did. That's the exactly what he was getting no, at. No, it's not because just based off of what you said, the music was. I thought differently of how she was going to look. So w when you said that about like they switched out Fergie, I thought in my head like, oh, they just replaced like a really talented girl. No, with, she uh, could have been uh, Fergie. She just didn't not, want to. Yeah. She yeah, didn't. So yeah. that that's what I had in my head. I now that I see her, she clearly like beyond what I was thinking is like, yeah, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. So it's cool. So so she's gonna. And I'm not saying that you're this way, but there's gonna be a stigma for her of like, oh, you you almost were Fergie and you're not. So you're just like you're just jealous and bitter or whatever. And I and I kind of. Not that, but I went into it thinking that it was going to be her trying to justify how she is fine with it. And kind of secretly, you're like, yeah, but you kind of regret it. Because I think that a lot of celebrities do that. When you when you hear them, that you definitely hear that tinge of regret of like, I wish I had done it this way. But watching the documentary, it was transformative. Like she is, like she made a decision, she stuck with it, and she is happier because of it. We as a society just need to understand and cope with the idea that like 
being famous is just not a be all end all. Like in, in some cases it's actually worse. There are so many people who are super famous and they're really unhappy because it's just, it's yeah. a fucked up life. And you know, she chose like herself and her family over that. And I think that's great. I think it's super admirable. And if you watch the documentary, like she's just so charismatic and so great. And like, you just feel so happy for her. I can't even explain it. I just, I would highly recommend watching it. Much much respect, but I don't want to correct you. But when I get home, my girlfriend greets me with a, you're not famous yet, you piece of shit. (laughs) So I want you to correct yourself next weekend. Okay, I'll do the corrections. All right, thank you for listening. If you like this and you're not already, think about subscribing. If you are subscribed and you do like it and you think you have a friend that might be interested, share it with them. If you want to follow more news about the podcast as well as some of the other cool nostalgia content we do in general, you can follow our Facebook page, Nostalgia, or our Instagram page, at Nostalgia. You can join our Facebook group to find out more news about the page and the podcast. It's the Nostalgia Facebook group, if you search for that on groups. And if you like the show and you're subscribed and you follow us on Facebook and you follow us on Instagram and all these things and you want to support us in a further, maybe more monetary way, you can become a fan on our Facebook page. If you go to our Facebook page, the Nostalgia Facebook page, and you go to the top, there's a button that says Become a Supporter. For $4.99 a month, you get access to additional bonus content, cool stuff that is only available to fans, and you support the show. Thank you for listening. So long.